contrary to most house hunting advice, you may actually want to buy a house with a bad layout. Seek out a terrible entry, a dark closed off kitchen, or a strange sun porch. Just be sure that you can visualize a fix. Hey there, and welcome back to Mid-Mod Remodel. This is the show about updating MCM homes, helping you match a mid-century home to your modern life. I'm your host, Della Hansman, architect and mid-century ranch enthusiast. You're listening to Season 4, Episode 2. Last week, I shared a recent chat I had with my sister about her house hunting process. This week, I'm going to share a little more directed advice on how to find and buy a house that you plan to remodel, aimed right at you, mid-century fans. This week's episode is also available in blog post form, so if you'd like to read along or see a few cheery and illustrative sketches along with the content, check out the link via the show notes. You'll find those notes on my website at midmod-midwest.com slash 402. Whether you're looking to buy a mid-century home that's 100% move-in ready or a dire fixer-upper on a fire sale budget, I can help. There are a few great mid-century houndsessing tips that are universal. Since I'm a designer who specializes in helping homeowners update and improve their mid-century houses, I have a particular interest in people looking for a fixer-upper. This episode will focus on how you can buy a mid-century house full of potential just waiting for you to make it your own. Here's the short, short version for mid-century house hunters in a hurry. If you want to know more, just keep listening. The first thing you need to do is get the band together. Great homes are not bought in a vacuum. Make sure you've got your financial ducks in a row, befriend a mid-century friendly realtor, enlist a like-minded designer to help you envision your remodel, and start asking about the best contractors around right now. We're in a pretty hot seller's market, even in the middle of a pandemic, and there are a lot of mid-century houses coming on the market, but then being snapped up very quickly. So be ready to jump in with your offer and even include a little emotional incentive with your pitch. More on homeowner love letters later. Here are some universal tips for anyone looking to buy a mid-century home. First, target the right location. There is one thing that matters to everyone and which can't be fixed with a strategic remodel, so make sure you've nailed down the areas where you want to live before you start your home search. Second, sniff out a great site. Pay attention to how your house interacts with its surroundings. Does it have a pleasant relationship to the street? Is there shade to protect it from hot summer afternoons? Conversely, is there plenty of natural daylight? Do you have privacy from adjacent houses in public ways? Now here are some tips for people who are specifically looking for their very own mid-century fixer-upper. Check the maintenance status of everything. This is a little like Goldilocks's task. You want a house that's dated, dilapidated, or odd enough to be worth the work, but you're not looking for a money pit, so pay attention to the difference between rundown and broken down. Some updates are inevitable. All vintage mid-century homes need some electrical and HVAC or heating, ventilation, and air conditioning updates. Watch out, though, for signs of underlying structural problems or water issues. You don't want to have to blow your remodeling budget on fixing those problems. Seek out extra space. Look for a house that has some easy expandability. Could you finish and improve a basement to double your square footage? Could you sneak a first-floor laundry into a new garage-attaching mudroom? Look for easy remodeling wins like those. Seek out dreadfully dated finishes. Weird wallpaper, peeling paint, and bizarre toilet colors are all your friends in a fixer-upper hunt. Anything that will make another potential buyer click to the next listing makes it easier for you to nail the sale. So embrace a weird layout. Contrary to most house hunting advice, you may actually want to buy a house with a bad layout. 
Seek out a terrible entry, a dark, closed-off kitchen, or a strange sun porch. Just be sure that you can visualize a fix. Use your x-ray vision to see through walls and plan to revise the original builder's mistakes. If you're planning to buy a mid-century house to fix up, I've got great news for you. They come on the market almost constantly these days. I've been in my own mid-century neighborhood for four years now, and during that time, it seems like there is a home on nearly every block in the neighborhood that's just popped out a for sale sign. Mid-century ranch houses all over the country are slowly but inexorably turning over. Families who went from raising kids to retiring in their houses are now selling. Matt Silverin, who's a Madison-area realtor of Home Sweet Home Madison, says ranches are ideal for all age groups. He doesn't see any singular demographic being most invested in buying these houses. They appeal to millennials looking for a family house and retirees who are downsizing from larger homes into single-level living. That popularity means you need to think fast. Madison realtor Alex Salutos warns that the best homes sell the day the showings start, or are under contract the next day. Alex and I met, quote-unquote, in a neighborhood online forum while both trying to persuade a local homeowner not to replace her original cedar siding with vinyl. We succeeded! He loves to sell the tastefully updated move-in-ready homes that you can find, but knows that you can get the best value in what he calls granny homes. They've been well taken care of, but they don't have three or four remodeling jobs that you're paying for in the list price, but now want to redo. So the special challenge of house hunting for a fixer-upper is you looking for an underloved home that you can fix up yourself. You want to get the best value, tailoring the most precise fit to your personal mid-century style. Some of my advice may be different from the classic house hunting advice you'll find online or when you talk to a realtor. Because you're planning to make, not find, your dream home. You don't need to nail down a perfect finished project or an ideal layout for your life. With this advice, I'll help you recognize a home with potential to be perfect. So, first, assemble your home buying team. Even if you love to DIY, you aren't going to find and buy a mid-century home to remodel without some teamwork. So here are the key players you're going to want on board before you get started. First, a lender. Part of being ready to make your offer quickly is having your financial ducks in a row. So shop around to find a friendly and flexible lender, figure out in advance what kind of mortgage you qualify for, and get pre-qualified before you start seriously searching. Remember we were talking last week with my sister that she's basically at step zero, still looking at Zillow, because she hasn't yet, at that time, been pre-qualified. Spoiler alert, she is now. You don't want to miss out on your dream home because you put off a visit to the bank. Or in these days, several Zoom calls. When you plan to buy a mid-century house to remodel, consider the construction cost in your plan. Some mortgages are structured to cover remodeling as well as the home purchase, or you might want to buy the best house you can afford and then save for DIY improvements as time goes on. Again, a friendly lender will be a great asset to give you advice here. Then you need a realtor. You need a realtor who is totally in tune with the concept of mid-century charm. And here's the thing. The most friendly realtor who can't see the appeal of mid-century era won't be able to understand what you're looking for, and this will end up wasting your time and theirs. You need someone who knows and loves mid-century homes. They should be able to recognize an ideal house for you from the MLA listing as soon as it comes on the market. Matt Silverin is not only a realtor, he also owns and is updating a mid-century house of his own. He finds himself admiring the houses he shows right alongside his clients, and he points out features to them like wood trim, especially around amazing big picture windows, brickwork, decorative as well as on the chimney, flooring, interesting vintage tile or hardwood floors, and exteriors, cool, original siding and landscaping. 
He also helps to keep an eye out for things that might need work, like electrical systems, the foundation, mechanicals, hazardous materials like asbestos tile, old carpet and lead paint, and the roof. What is the pitch? What are the materials it's made of? In what shape are the gutters? How are the downspouts and drainage? You want to be clear with your realtor and yourself about what type of mid-century home you're looking for. Are you looking for something vintage cute or edgy avant-garde? Are you interested in a house that might need an addition? How much do you want to invest in updating old systems versus adding new features? Your ideal mid-century realtor should know your deal-breaker issues. Make sure they get what you really love about mid-century homes. If you need some help figuring out what your mid-century style is before you buy a home, take my free 60-second style quiz to help yourself get clear on where you fall on the spectrum from totally vintage to modern mid-century. I'll send you a customized style guide to get you started with your plan. The next person you need on board is an inspector. When you're buying to remodel, you want to know exactly what you're getting into. So hire an inspector you trust and go over the house with him or her from top to bottom. Take notes, or better yet, ask if you can make a voice recording of the process. You'll get a report, but you want to remember every detail that comes up as it happens. You also might want a designer. It's not too early to get your design team on board while you're house hunting. I'm happy to meet with clients and start brainstorming the remodel possibilities on site before an offer is even made. If you have trouble visualizing a big picture of change to a layout, bring a designer or a design-minded friend with you to each home so you can make sure you're seeing beyond the furnishings and paint to the real potential of each house you preview. Prepare for a hot market, because here's what's true regardless of whether you're looking for a turnkey finished mid-century home or the most rundown of fixer-uppers. You'll need to move fast to get your house. My retiree neighbors regularly get letters offering to buy their homes for cash. Many houses in mid-century neighborhoods sell before the open house, so be ready to move quickly as soon as the house you love comes on the market. If you already know your area, keep an eye out for signs that a house may soon be for sale and reach out in advance. Note, this pressure may be one of the reasons you chose to look for a mid-century fixer-upper. It might be too difficult to get your offer in for a house that looks move-in ready. Remember that the clock is ticking, so you need to be ready to jump. When I bought my ranch four years ago, I learned a lot in the process. I missed a few other opportunities before I was mentally ready to leap as soon as I had looked. When it came to this house, I knew the moment I walked in that I wanted to buy, and I made a strong offer the same day. I also included a love note with my offer package. This strategy works especially well for houses which have been in the same family for a long time. In mine, I talked about myself as an architect enamored of mid-century homes. Both my training and my preferences made me love this house. Try describing your family's expanding needs, the place you grew up, or the way this house reminds you of wonderful times from your past. Note, don't say anything disingenuous in your homeowner love letter. Just tell them what you honestly feel. Target the right location. Before you start your search, think about where you want your home to be. I talked about this with KJ last week. It's worthwhile to devote some serious time to deciding to what makes a good neighborhood or an area really sing for you. For example, every home I've chosen for myself is an easy walking distance of a public library. Seven of the last 10 years, I've lived in homes less than two blocks from the nearest branch. It's kind of a deal breaker for me. You'll have to decide what's most important for you to have in close proximity. For that matter, figure out what close even means to you. But you want to buy a mid-century home that's near the essentials of your daily life. Work, shopping, community, worship, parks, schools, and more. The good news is that mid-century homes are typically walking distance to many of these things. 
In any case, location isn't something you can change about the home after the fact, and an architect can't fix this for you. So make your choice about location wisely. Sniff out a great site orientation. In addition to considering where your house is in its neighborhood or area, you want to think about where a mid-century house is on its own lot. Look for a house that's well-suited to your region and climate. This isn't necessarily something you'll find in any mid-century house, because they are more likely to be oriented to whatever direction the street faces than they are to maximize solar heating and passive solar tendencies. Do your best to find a house that won't set you up for a lifetime of heating or air conditioning problems. When house hunting, you're only going to encounter a building for a short amount of time, one day in one season. So do a little preparation in advance to consider how the opposite season will affect any house in your area. Then when you walk through a prospective house, think about how the light will change through the course of the date and where heat sinks might come up. Check on the maintenance status of everything. When you're planning to remodel, you still want to look for a house that's in pretty good shape structurally. It's no fun to spend your whole remodeling budget on the invisible mechanics of the house. Some things are going to need updating when you buy a mid-century home. Even people looking for a vintage treasure and planning to do a very light restoration will find some elements that need updating and replacing. If no one has changed out the electrical system since the house was built, replaced the furnace, or repaired the roof, you're going to need to work on those things. What you're looking for is a house with a minimum amount of behind-the-scenes work. The good news is that most mid-century houses hit a sweet spot in history. Unlike older homes built in the 1930s and before, a mid-century home is likely to be built with fairly standardized materials and construction conventions. On the other hand, unlike homes built later in the 70s and beyond, it likely will have very excellent building materials. Expect to see old-growth timber in your studs, oversized and sturdy joists and beams, long, strong sheathing and cross-bracing, and more. The downside of mid-century is the unfortunate trade-off. Mid-century homes are less likely to have good insulation, leak-free windows, or other energy-efficient indicators. This is often unavoidable. Plan to live with it or upgrade to modern standards. Whatever your issues are, you need to figure out what's important to you and not. So, for example... It's pretty much a deal breaker if you are seeing major water damage in the basement or from roof leaks, ongoing cracking or settling in foundation walls, scorch marks near light fixtures or electrical outlets, or too many major systems, electrical, heating, air conditioning, plumbing, roof, all needing to be replaced or updated. Sure, you can take on a project like that if you want, but it might end up being a lot for your budget. Unimportant problems to see around a house might be faded finishes on doors and cabinets peeling paint on the exterior of the house, a poorly maintained deck or patio, or anything related to a room, the kitchen, the bathroom, etc., that you plan to majorly update. So keep an eye out for when shabby slides into unsound. Sometimes basic maintenance issues cross over into structural problems. For example, peeling paint on original wood siding is not a problem, until it starts to result in rotted wood that needs to be replaced. Drippy fixtures in a bathroom you plan to overhaul don't matter, unless they're leaking into the substructure of the floor or damaging something happening in the basement below. Outdated light fixtures are no big deal, unless you see signs of smoke damage around the outlets or switches, which can mean a risk of fire. So remember when you're looking for a house that you plan to update that you will find many of these maintenance or structural issues, and your goal is to find the mid-century house to play around with so you don't have to spend all of your time and attention and budget on major systems repairs, leaving little energy left over for cosmetic and layout updates. While you're looking around a prospective house, keep an eye out for empty spaces that can be filled in. Here's why. 
often the most cost-effective and least troublesome remodel takes place within the existing walls or footprint of a house. Anytime you can skip excavating for a new foundation, you save yourself money on an addition. Contractors, coordination time, and trouble all add up to too much for some additions to be worth it. Just rearranging spaces inside a house can make nearly miraculous budget improvements. Sometimes, though, working out how to fit everything in the exact finished space in the house can make everything feel a bit snug. Just a few extra square feet could make all the difference. Finally, you want to look for the weird. Embrace dreadfully dated finishes and look for weird layouts. When you're planning to buy a mid-century house to remodel, you're not looking for one that's just been updated to someone else's taste. In fact, you want one that has had as little work done to prepare it for sale as possible. If you're choosing a so-called granny house, you may be inclined to interpret dated as vintage and be absolutely charmed by it. But even a tragic 1980s kitchen remodel can work in your favor. Since you're buying to change, you'll likely be making changes to those key areas like kitchens and bathrooms anyway. So this is your chance to find someone else's remodeling error and fix it. In some ways, you'll have less guilt about tearing out 80s reworks than you would an original vintage kitchen. For more on remuddling and how to avoid it, uh, check out the link in my show notes for this great article by Chicago Bauhaus and Beyond on damage you can do to a house by careless remodeling. The more ugh moments your future home inspires in other buyers, the fewer of them you'll be competing with to make your purchase. Likewise, the layouts. I'm going to give you some advice here that is the opposite of what you'll hear in other home buying advice. Most of these other sources will encourage homeowners to think only about cosmetic updates to a future home. That means you'll have to be on the lookout for a perfect flow and layout, a house that simply needs a new coat of paint or wallpaper and a few new light fixtures. But I'm here to tell you, you can think bigger. If you're planning to do any remodeling at all, it's not that much more work to knock out a few interior non-bearing walls and change the interior space layout entirely. So channel your favorite superhero and pretend that you have x-ray vision to look through interior existing walls. Look for a chance to connect the kitchen and the living room. Open up a hallway to adjacent spaces. Break out walls around a stairway. Replace windows with glass doors to get extra light and create connections between inside and outside, all in your mind. Get creative. As hard as it can seem to find and buy your dream home, sometimes having the vision to buy a house you'll turn into your dream home can be even harder. But with these tips, I hope you'll be on your way. If you find yourself with more questions about the home buying process, reach out to me or another designer before you get started. Remember, you're not alone in this, but there is no better time to get started than right now. Find the blog post that recaps all of this, or if you want to scroll it on your phone while you chat with a realtor or visit prospective homes, it'll be there for you via the show notes at midmont-midwest.com slash 402. Help new listeners find the show by adding a rating and review. I love to get your feedback. Don't forget to subscribe while you're there. So long for now, Midmont Remodelers. I'll be back next week with advice for two opposite situations. What to do with a vintage time capsule house, and what to do if your home has been chipped, flipped, and stripped of its original mid-century charm. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.